Welcome everybody to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have with me today, Donna Jensen. And she is here to talk about, I mean, the amazing stuff that she is doing in the world. Um, so yeah, so welcome, Donna. Great to be here, Terry. So yeah, tell us about all you're doing. I know you're doing um, a one-woman play, correct? Yes, my, my play is uh, What She Knows, One Woman's Way Through Incest to Joy. And, uh, and your I, book is your book's titled um, uh, "Healing My Life from Through uh, Healing My Life from Incest to Joy." Okay, yes. okay, they've got a similar ring to them. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, what's what's on your agenda? What have you been up to? Ah, uh, well, the most present thing that's happening is uh, Saturday. I'm starting my first. I've been uh, leading writing workshops for survivors. Um, for about 10 years, and um, I've just started doing it online, which is a big stretch for me. Um, I, I'm not uh, from the cyber generation. Oh, right. so, this is, uh, it took a little coaxing uh, from my posse. I, call, I have a posse of friends and colleagues who give me a lot of support in the work I do. And they'd really been, especially the younger generation, uh, really saying, this could happen so well, it would be great, blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying, I can't go there. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I have a fabulous assistant, Kat White, who's uh, so savvy and um, much, much younger than I. So of course she's so savvy. Uh, so we, we did a pilot um, in um, sort of February, February, March, and it, I was shocked um, how we were able to connect. And it's all audio. There's no, there's no video. Okay. And it's just such a big change for me. But I like when I do that, you know, kind of stretch a little, yeah. makes life interesting. So, so is, it a, is it a webinar or is it like an online oh, course that people take? Online, it's an online writing circle and oh. it's only for, it's for survivors of sexual abuse and assault. And um, yeah, and we write together and I give prompts and offer up. We only give positive feedback in the writing, uh, but we write in the moment together and then read our writing to each other. And so wow our authorial voices, so to speak. So yeah, how powerful. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. 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 Being a writer myself, I know that, you know, getting it out there and whether it's blogging or my Facebook post, my poor friends and family, they get the, they get the full, <laughs> um, you know, Terry dumping it out there. But um, yeah, it's amazing how many people that I've connected to who have reached out to me, mostly privately, uh -huh. say, oh my God, me too. Or, yeah, yeah you know, I experienced this and mm -hmm. by my putting my story and I just had, um, you know, a whole bunch of people reach out. I put something out about my mother fell off the wagon. She's 83 years old. Um, stopped drinking last year, almost made it a year, went 10 months sober, the longest she's ever gone in my well, life. Right. Wow. Um, and then on Valentine's day, she crashed and burned. Wow. And so I just kind of just put like, blah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so the response has been amazing and supportive, but so many people saying, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, so what a gift you're giving others, you know, mm. survivors. Well, I, I believe 
writing is one of the modes of healing that I've experienced. I've, I've, I've gotten a chunk of healing through the, the act of writing and reading my writing to others long before I ever even dreamed of putting it out in the world, you know? So right. like the first chapter of my book is um, writing as medicine. And that's really why I do the, um, the groups, the, the, the writing groups. It's, it's for survivors to have a, that as a way of, of getting some healing. So. Yes. And it's a beautiful, and I'm just telling the audience, um, you need to get on Donna's website and just hook yeah. up to her blog because I love your blog. Um, Thank you. I, I love reading it. And you just write in such a real way. I, it's <laughs> the word that pops into my head. You know, I just, I just connect with your words and um, I love it. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, I come, I have a working class background and I haven't lost that voice. And I think it comes out in my writing. It's, you know, it's very grounded. And yeah. it's mostly I'm just talking to my girlfriends and to my yeah. boys, the men who are friends too. So it's like I'm talking to my friends when I'm writing. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm, I do the same and I've been told the same. Oh, yeah. But I just, you know, I just kind of just like, like similar to this podcast, you know, a conversation mm -hmm. between friends approach, right. same sort of thing in my writing, like mm -hmm. just real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's probably why I so connect with you because I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Beautiful. So, how do people sign up for this? Um, how can they well, find it? Well, I haven't done a lot of advertising yet because I'm, I'm just getting started. So, I'm, um, I mean, I'll, I put it on my website and I've, I've reached out to my um, writing, my, um, my newsletter list of people. Okay. But there are other organizations that are starting to say, let us know because we want to promote it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for too many people to call up. I don't know. Um, but You can do um, it. <laughs> I know. So this, the, the group I'm starting actually this Saturday runs through uh, the middle of June. Okay. And then um, I'll probably take the summer off and not do anything, uh, right. but have fun. And then start up uh, another, uh, it's Saturday morning, it's a group every okay. other week. But I'll probably by putting it out to more places that, that it's gonna happen, because I'm also getting this feeling about having a drop-in group of writing. So like, you know, if you just want, you know, just want to just drop in and maybe write a little and see, and then you got other things to do. You don't want to sign up for a whole, uh, you know, set of sessions. So, right. So that'll probably, that might happen for the summer. I don't know yet. So, right. Yeah. Just kind of steps here. Yeah. Right. And your website is time to tell .org, org. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I'll have it. I'll have that listed here for for video folks who who tune in on the video. So oh, good, thank you. So yeah, much. no problem. Um, so, are you doing your play? You, I, I think um, we had talked on the phone. You had done one in New York, or yes, up in Albany in okay. December. I did a performance for this um, collaborative between the New York State uh, Coalition Against Sexual Assault and 
um, a group called Many Hands, which is uh, an association of mental health organizations. And the two of them, the two women, you know, it's always two women within these organizations, right? right. So uh, Deborah Faust at Many Hands and um, Chris, oh, I'm forgetting her last name. Forgive me, Chris. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so they're, um, they decided they have an annual conference and they decided instead of getting a keynote speaker that they would have me do my play. And it was so amazing because everybody in the audience, you know, I don't know, there were like 75, 80 people. Everybody in the audience is serving the issue of sexual assault and abuse. And surprise, surprise, there's a ton of survivors in the audience. Mm -hmm. So we just had a love fest. It was wonderful. They, they responded so deeply to the work and um, the dialogue. I always have a dialogue with the audience afterwards and it was, was, it was yummy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, after, then, we had, then we had lunch and then um, some people went into a um, ACEs, um, you know, the ACEs uh, adverse childhood experience survey and work that's happening in the world you know about that right. oh yeah aces science. So they got an aces uh, information yeah. workshop and then they also i also offered a writing workshop for any survivors that wanted to test out the the writing methodology i do and so 30 people showed up for the writing workshop but we had a great time we just ended up breaking them up in small groups and then we closed the day with chris doing a, a drumming circle and she had like 20 drums and we, oh, it was amazing. So I keep hearing that about drumming circles. So a friend oh. of mine was like, dear, you have to go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really remarkable. And especially at, at the close of a very, you know, sort of a, a, a day where you're, you're diving deep into yes. whatever you're diving deep into. And it's right. just a wonderful sort of releasing of, um, you know, feeling and good vibes, literally good vibes. Yeah. 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 That's what I've heard is that, that there's such a healing um, aspect to like the rhythm and yes. um, yeah, there's just a release yes. that happens. Yeah. Um, so I said to Chris, I wish I could have your drumming circle after every one of my performances. <laughs> Donna, do you realize what it means to transport 30 drums? Right. Mongos <laughs> and all kinds, but we're going to figure it out because I want to see it happen again. It yeah, but what a cool idea instead of having uh, a keynote speaker to, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thrilled. I yeah. Was thrilled. Yeah. I love it. Very and I have a, a guitarist who accompanies me in my performance. So that makes it really wonderful and yeah. helpful too. The music really helps people um, as they go through the different emotions that I make them go through when they right. go you know, from, right. from, yeah. you know, um, yeah, all the whole spectrum of emotions you're going to have. Sure. And that's what theater is about. So. I know. Do you want to share your personal journey at all? Well, sure. I'm happy to. Um, let's see. How can I say this? So I grew up in the Midwest um, in an alcoholic household. My dad was my abuser. It started about the age of seven and continued. The sexual abuse continued until I was 12. 
the emotional and psychological abuse uh, continued until he died when I was in my mid forties. Um, my mother was my savior no. because she was the good one, you know, um, but it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I started dealing with uh, healing with, you know, coming out and, and healing from it, you know, healing actively, let's put it that way, because I think there are ways that I was healing um, sort of clandestinely. I didn't know I was doing some healing, like leaving home at the age of 18. Um, I think that was a really smart thing I did to get out of that toxic environment. Yes. Um, so, so anyway, so yeah, I started dealing with my, my stuff in my early 30s, and it wasn't until I'd been doing this work, the, the sort of internal work for about, I want to say 12, 14 years before I was able to look at the fact that my mother didn't protect me. So then I had a whole other bunch of <laughs> on that one. That was a surprise. That was a big surprise. So, yeah. Yeah. So did she know, did she know what was going on? She says she doesn't. She didn't. She's passed away um, some years ago. Um, her, she, and I think it's true. I think she had, I don't even know, would we call it abject denial? I mean, right. deep, deep denial. Um, and uh, she was always asleep when, wow. when this was going on. Um, and I think probably a part of her didn't know, you know, but I think, you know, how could you not? It was. I was going to say, on some level. On like some level, yeah. I mean, our rooms, my bed, our bedrooms were adjacent by one thin wall. So, right. I, I, you know, I, I respected her need to be in denial. That's how she made it through. So, right. yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, uh, I think the other big piece of my story is that when I finally. Um, came out to my family, um, my brother, in very short order, he was 10 years younger than me. At first he believed me, but then when my father denied it, he believed his, our father. And so he pretty much shunned me from the family and uh, cut me off from his kids oh. for like 25 years. And it wasn't until he died that his daughter, who's, who had, I, she and I had been pretty close. She finally reached out to me. So we're tiptoeing back to having a relationship, but it's a slow go. But right. Wow. That, I would say that was the third shocker, you know, sort of dad and then mom and then brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that the ballast that helped me through all of this is I, early on, I've, started building a family of choice and that's what has gotten me through many many chapters of this uh, journey in fact i'm, I'm i might have but i can't imagine coming out to my biological family if i hadn't had a family of choice to sort of fall back on you know right really important so yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to honor your story and just, um, you know, oh, just, you. yeah, just say 
um, I honor it. And second, thank you for sharing it. Um, because as we talked about earlier, you know, with the writing, but oh. I think the more we learn to put our stories out there, yeah. um, the more we're going to come together mm-hmm. to build a world where we know it's no longer tolerated that, Correct. that women feel supported or anyone men to um, feel supported in, in being abused and that they can, yeah, have the, have be empowered. I right. guess is the word I'm looking for yeah. to stand up. I mean, I didn't have the voice to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I also didn't have the power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We were little. Oh, right. We were right. Little, so. My poor kids. <laughs> I have three, I have two older boys and then a daughter who's 12 right now. And uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like, try to just fill them with so much empowerment and um, as if they have a voice. I talked, we talked about that at dinner last night with a friend of mine, therapist friend Mm. said, you know, I never felt like I had a voice in my home. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I always did, um, you know, with more so with my daughter, um, you know, you learn as you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's allowed to disagree with us. Mm-hmm. She has to do so respectfully, but she's right. allowed to have a voice. Right. Um, and I think teaching kids that is just oh, oh, I know. so powerful. Yep. I, yes. And I worked hard at that. You know, being, being parents that are survivors is very challenging. Hugely oh. challenging. Yes. I mean, I think parenting is challenging regardless, but... I know that when my daughter hit the age that I was when the sexual abuse started happening, I know I had to get extra backup for myself because it was very stirring to have this young girl at that same size and age. Yeah. But I remember even earlier, we were visiting family and um, I want to say she was like four or five and she was having a meltdown about something. And there was actually people visiting in my parents' house. And, and I heard my mother turn to, my, to the, their friends and say, Donna, Donna allows Jennifer to have her feelings. Like almost an apology that right. oh, this is going on because Donna allows these tantrums. But she says she allows her to feel her feelings. Just like that. That's something I, I feel like you and I, Yes, important thing in raising our kids, Um, but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and and you took that well because I'd have been like, "Mom." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of things I just sort of let go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you're probably better off for it. Yeah, well, again, you know, I'm, I know I certainly made mistakes along the way, especially with the older two, because I was still in my chaos. Like, I was still mm. in the midst. Similar to you, I didn't start to deal with all of this until I was in my 40s. Mm. Um, and so my older boys, who are 25 and 23, um, you know, mm. unfortunately, now we've since talked and I've apologized like crazy, but I was. I was still caught up in my the chaos of it all and trying to deal with it um, yeah. not realizing what was really happening on an underneath level mm-hmm. um you know it was funny when i went to therapy for the first time when i was it was in 
2013, so only six years ago, mm. when I went to finally deal with all of this. Um, I had a list of five things, and it was like, you know, I listed these things. I was in the middle of, you know, a disillusion, divorce, and but number five, <laughs> number five on my list was, you know, my my trauma history. So yeah. these other things were up it above hurts. it as if, yeah, yeah, yeah. as if this was kind of like, well, you know, we'll oh, do it. By the way. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Like a little PS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and then I came to realize, holy shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this needed to be number one with big asterisks and stars yeah, next right, to it. So, right. yeah. We'll deal with this for like 14, 20 years. Yes. And then we'll get to the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I tell you, finding out about aces, oh my gosh, that just mm. that's kind of a, a life altering moment in yeah, you know, yeah. all the research that's coming out on that. So. And so much, yes, there's so much going on. There's so yeah. much, there's so much uh, searching and trying to figure it out. I mean, I, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Yes. I started, um, I mean, I was a feminist activist at, in my 20s. And then I want to say it took until my mid forties to start considering being an activist. And that's like, well, I got to do my math. Wait. That's, that's 25 years ago. Um, deciding I'm going to become, do some activism around the issue of incest and sexual abuse. And I just figured out you know, this, we're in a, what do I want to say? It's like a jungle and how to get through to some light yeah. about the issue because it's just so, it's pervasive, but it, the silence is so deafening yes. 25 years ago. Not that it's still, there are still many, many places where nobody wants to hear the word incest, let alone talk about childhood sexual abuse. But it's so different now than it was 25 years ago. It's right. mind-boggling to me, you know, yeah. that, you know, that there's so many, you know, there are women like yourself doing these podcasts and doing all these different projects. And I'm just like, holy crap, holy crap. <laughs> right, <that's> right. <laughs> that's really what I want to say. <laughs> I mean, it's so encouraging. And, yes. Um, and yeah. I think social media has been a big part of that. Probably. Because, because Probably. a lot of people, I think, feel safe in, in the, you know, yeah. hashtag me too world, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, of Twitter because yeah. they're, they're kind of, you know, behind a screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least, at least it's starting to come out and be talked yeah. about and yeah. coming to the surface because, and then I think some people are like, oh my gosh, having their blinders on, like, one in four girls, one in seven boys. What? Like right. that can't be right. 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 Um, yeah. And yeah. similar to your mom, like, okay, I'm just going to pretend mm -hmm. this isn't happening. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, kudos to you and thank you to you for, you know, being another one of those voices to stand yeah. up and say, yeah, this is, yeah. this is going on. Yeah. Well, good. So what, um, what did you do along your healing journey? What has been most helpful for you? Oh, let's see. Well, I, the writing is huge. Also, I've, you, know, you mentioned going to therapy. I've had four different um, um, individual therapists over the years. 
you know, sort of graduated from, you know, <laughs> over yeah. 40 years, you're going you're gonna to have more than one, you could have more than one therapist. You probably should have more than one therapist. Um, and within that, um, I've, I've done uh, also EMDR, which is- wow. That's mine. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Yes, yes, it yes. It came at a, a juncture. It came, I found it when, um, when I was with the, the whole issue with my brother, you know, and here I, I thought I had done all the work and then my mother comes out and I have to, to work on her. And then I thought I did all the work and then my brother and, but that's when I found EMDR and it was at a good place. I had already done, a, I had a, a, a internally, I, I had gotten a lot of strength from various forms of healing. So I feel like I walked into EMDR, just prepped for it. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing work. Yes. Yeah. And funny you should say that because my mm -hmm. therapist that I was seeing yeah. said to me, which I think, again, just way cool of her to be like, mm, I think we've probably reached our limit. Have you ever thought about EMDR? And I was like, what the heck is EMDR? And yeah. started researching and I, I just went straight to the top and like reached out to the local president of the EMDR national whatever here in Cincinnati and <laughs> sent her this big email just like bleh. I yeah, wrote yeah, it all yeah. out, like here's my history. And she came back and said, I'm not taking new patients, but I really want to talk to you. Oh, and, how cool. Yeah. And so I went in and um, met with her and her dog. Uh -huh. <laughs> she had a dog that was always in the office, Cody, who I adored. Uh -huh. And um, at the end of the, our meeting, she said, I want to take you. I want to nice. Take you. And yeah, so we, we did four Part years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love her. Four years, 98 sessions. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but wow. Yeah. Life altering. Yes. Yeah. So then I want to say along with the various therapeutic therapy work I've done, I've done a bunch of body work um, and, uh, you know, acupuncture and Reiki, but cranial sacral was there. I had, we counted it was 59 sessions. Wow, I'm writing that down. So, um, my cranial sacral therapist here in Western Mass is an angel with hand, hands of an angel and brilliant. And wow. she, she was able to really help a lot of cellular healing for me that was beyond what I could ever have dreamed of. So, and it was hard. Some of it was really hard work. And some of it was, she just did the work and I kind of faded out and I didn't even, you know, and that's, that's my favorite kind of <laughs> therapy when I'm not really having to work. Well, you don't so have hard. to do the work. Right? I can sort of la la land and she worked on my jaw and she amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. I so need to check that out. I'm that person that does like, does it all. I do. I've done Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing. I've done, you know, the body healing. Um, I've done um, Reiki. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've kind of done it all because one, I think it's all kind of added to my toolbox of coping oh, skills. Sure. So, uh, but I had not heard of the cranial sacral. So I will yeah. look into that. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's, it's quite remarkable what, what okay. they do because it, it's about your central nervous system. 
um, and what's going on, uh, yeah, in your central nervous system. And so, yeah. Wonderful. Couldn't recommend it highly enough, yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, um, also I've, I've been in, um, you know, a, a support groups with women forever. That's just, and it, not just support groups, but f- circles of yeah. women friends where we laugh a lot. Right. <laughs> That's extremely healing. Yes. I can't, I can't promote laughter. <laughs> highly enough uh, you got to find the people and places that make you laugh and just go there because it's so healing yes yeah I agree completely I we just recently found in our my a group of circle of friends something called Singo Singo. <laughs> it's like bingo okay except that they play music and so you have your card with all like Uh instead of having you know like b42 or whatever you know it has this the name of a song and so they'll do like 70s rock 80s you know pop and Uh you sit around and so they play a part of the song and people are just singing at the top of their lungs oh wow i gotta get that i'm writing that down (laughs) yeah so it's called singo and they do it here in cincinnati like we we have we're a beer town. Yeah. <laughs> so we have breweries everywhere. And so we had these little microbreweries and where we found them, we go to these little microbreweries around town and they do it on like, you know, Thursday night you go and it's for two hours. And wow. oh my gosh, what a blast. And we okay, just good to know. Sing and laugh and sing and laugh. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That's wonderful. So I have to ask you one of my favorite questions only okay. because it popped into my head. Um, if you could meet anyone in the world, dead or alive, to help you hmm. continued journey, who would? Wow! I know this one always, hmm. always is like, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh my god! Well, I'll just say the first name that comes to mind, and it's Eleanor Roosevelt. Isn't that weird? But um. I don't know why she just came to my mind. I, I guess because uh, she she made a, you know she's she's the one that got the United Nations started. She was an amazing social change activist, hiding under a middle class white privileged not middle class upper class white privileged position, um, and did amazing things and took a lot of risks and had to take a lot of crap from a lot of people and she kept going so she's you know she would be a person i would love to love to meet yeah well thanks for that yeah yeah that's wonderful because and i love those gut reaction responses yeah 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 (laughs) it's almost like you know it's that it's that driving force that person you connect with and yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing the same sort of stuff as her, you know? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's interesting, the gut, the gut responses to questions. When I started doing my play, I would always do these dialogues with the audience. And very early on, I realized I had to just answer the first thing that came in my mind with the audience. That if I tried to think it through too much, I was yeah. going to get in trouble with myself. Right. So, you know, I'm just going to trip over myself trying to be 
you know, very intellectual, <laughs> whatever. So, <laughs> um, and actually, my very first, the first public, the first performance, John, my guitarist and I did, we did at a um, boys residential facility for boys and young men who have been sexual offenders. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's weird that that was the first place I did it. But wow. the yeah. clinical director saw me do a reading and said, you have to come. So we did. And, um, and I just realized that I had to just answer these boys and they were asking me a gazillion questions and that I just had to answer them from the heart. I knew that if I just answered the first thing that comes to my mind, that that was really from my heart, yeah. not from some sort of intellectual putting together something, you know? So, yes. So that's what I try to do all the time. It's just when I get a question that I get a little boggled, I think, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I, again, I love that. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. It's the angel on the shoulder. Saying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, now we're going to hang up and I'm going to think of three other people right. I should have said, including her instead or something. But anyway, That's all good. No, I love it. It was a great answer. Yeah. That's the first time I've had her, so that's wonderful. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so any, any truths or facts um, that you can think of to share with the audience? Um, the most important thing, the thing I say the most, the, what the play's whole message is about and the books really, to survivors, it wasn't your fault. That to me, if nothing else, if that's all you ever work on getting to believing it wasn't your fault because, I mean, I had to do a ton of work to get where I believed it wasn't my fault. Right. That if I had just done this or just said that or just dust, dust, you know, yes. then it's not about me. Right. What happened to me is about my father. Absolutely. And that was a big aha for me when I realized the importance of really absorbing the fact that it wasn't my fault. So I just, that's probably my most important learning of this yeah. whole journey. Amen and hallelujah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Any other, um, anything else that you want to talk about with the audience that we haven't touched on yet? Um, well, we touched on so much. I know. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it's really important that we all continue to be sure we're doing all the self-care we can. Uh, taking care of ourselves is really, really important. And, you know, that shows up in lots of different ways from, you know, doing the kinds of therapies you, you and I were talking about to having friends you can laugh with. Um, and also it means knowing when to say no. I think that's another thing that we survivors have had to really yes. learn or learn for the first time that it's way okay to say no anytime you feel like it. Yeah. I still struggle with it. I mean, and I think, I think it's also a big issue for women. Yeah. You know, that this because we're here to please, you know. Yes. Yes. We're here to take care of everybody and please everyone. Right. Right. <laughs> I get my Midwestern talking. <laughs> When I go into that character. <laughs> As I sit here in Ohio in the middle of the Midwest, <laughs> I so relate it. 
let's, let's all have nice things to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, Terry, it's so fun talking with you. I know, you too. So how do people get a hold of your book? It's called Healing My Life from Incest to Joy. And you can go to my website, timetodell.org, and the book is on the website, and it'll take you right to my publisher, and they'll mail it right out to you. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. I know. I'm going to buy a copy, and then I want, I want oh, to send it to you so, you so you can sign it for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've started a collection of podcast guests oh. who, who have books, and I, I, I'm like, I would love to have a signed copy. Obviously, you don't have to, but if, you, if you're willing to. In fact, you know, my publishers here in Western Mass, I think that's a good, I think I'll go over and, and sign a, a few copies and make sure if you order one through him. Okay. Come. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> Put you on the spot on air. No, no, no problem. I'm just making a note so I don't forget to oh, do it. I so get it. I, I'm like menopause brain. If I don't yeah, write it yeah. down immediately, it's like, phew, gone. So yeah. <laughs> well, this has been an absolute joy and a pleasure to have Same you with me. Here. Same here. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for all the work you're doing, Terry. This is really an important gift you're giving the world. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I just, um, I call it my soul work. Mm -hmm. um, I just find, um, again, I find such connection. I love meeting people from all over the world. Uh, the podcast has now been downloaded in, hold on, I just had the number, 32 countries. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Which is really cool. Um, but I love, but I'm interviewing, you know, just, I'm just meeting so many amazing people and I'm just, I feel so blessed to have met you. Um, and thank you for the amazing work. Well, it's because you're taking the risk and putting yourself out there. That's why you're having this good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That energy that what you put out. Yeah. I'm a big Wayne Dyer fan and reader oh, yeah. mm -hmm. his stuff. And I love, yeah, his is all about, you know, the energy you put out as the yeah. energy comes back. So Indeed. yeah. Sure. sure. All right. Well, I'm going to do a little close out here. Okay. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember to be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.